On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Model X gets a feature people have been begging for, Model S borrows a feature from Model 3, Model 3 might have an extra power source, and much more. Welcome, friends, to episode 66 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast for November 6, 2016. My name is Ryan McCaffrey, and I am more grateful than ever this week to be flanked by the uh, relaxing, the uh, soft, furry companion of mine, Maggie the Boxer. Uh, I won't take up too much of your time with this, but I've got to tell you about a little bit about this week before I get to Tesla stuff. Uh, and the short version is, it's boy, it was an emotionally uh, difficult week, a, 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 almost a, a metaphorical roller coaster. Uh, where at one point I actually thought that Maggie was going to die this week. Uh, the, the 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 good news is uh, all of her test results just came back, and she is not going. She's good. She should be fine. She's got some. Uh, inflammation in, in her intestines and uh, uh, this big lesion under her tongue, which that was the one where they, the, the one doctor really thought it was going to be a mouth cancer and the, another one was like, eh, maybe not. So it's been a tough week, but it, uh, I had to, the short version is I had to take her to the 24-hour emergency vet care uh, earlier this week at about 12.30 in the morning uh, after there, she just, I just came out and there was just blood all over the walls, uh, from her mouth. And, uh, yeah, long story short, uh, the, the, the first vet, you know, her gums were pale and she, uh, had just vomited up a bunch of blood and the vet, uh, the, the emergency vet said to me a few, a few different times, sort of in the like most professional way I think she could muster. She said, listen, you need to be prepared for this to be really bad. So uh, I actually thought when they when they took her back for testing, I wasn't I I thought that might have been goodbye. I thought I'm, I thought that was going to be it. And that was if any of you have dogs or you know just have pets or animal lovers, you can probably relate. Uh, this dog Maggie has been uh, she's ten and she has been by my side. I mean uh, for for that whole time. Uh, got that dog when she was 10 weeks old, brought her home from the breeder in Sacramento. And, uh, you know, I, I, if I haven't told you, I, I don't know if I said this on episode one, but real quick, I, I, I got married young, uh, and then, uh, th- that wife, uh, cheated and left and it was a very emotionally difficult time. And it was, it was just me and Maggie for a long time. Uh, and, and that dog really kept me emotionally ab- above water. When I would, you know, come home every day, and there she was, and she, you know, would go out and walk, and she, that, you know, pets always mean a lot, right? But uh, this one, I, I think any any future pet, any future dog would, uh, would would have a lot to measure up to with Maggie and what she's meant in my life. So the 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 fact that she so suddenly seemed so gravely ill. Uh, and then having to wait out biopsy results to see if there was cancer and uh, this lesion under her tongue. And 
oh, I'm just so relieved that I just got the the last. Basically, today has been the day of 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 uh, exhaling, but today is I'm recording on Saturday this week, which is a little later than I, I normally like to record, but. My goodness, uh, hug hug your dog, hug your hug your pet, hug hug any loved one because, man, just you know when it's just unexpectedly takes a turn like that, it really just shifts shifts your focus a little bit and just makes you appreciate them a little more. I mean, uh, you know, I, I am unfortunately out four thousand dollars <laughs> from her care, uh, which you know just like oh man, I'm never gonna get this Model Three, never gonna get the the car that I've been dreaming of, but. I'm so happy and so grateful to have to have Maggie here and to have her with me, and and uh, she should be fine. I mean, we we got to figure out there some you know this this uh, intestinal inflammation and this lesion under her tongue, but she's gonna be she's gonna be all right, right, Maggie? Yeah, you're looking at me. You're looking at me with that oh that tilted that tilted boxer head. All right, anyway, let me get on with things. Uh, thank you for indulging that, and I'm sorry if uh, if this is your first episode. I'm sorry that this is a Tesla podcast. I promise you. Um, on a lighter note, real quick, just to, this is relevant to the audience. I spotted my first Chevy Bolt in the wild this week. It seemed to be some sort of test car. It had manufacturer's plates, and on the back, it had. Uh, I guess they probably name all the test cars. It had uh, Red Wolf written on the back bumper. So I think that's uh, that's like probably part of their fleet, and it had uh, some serious hardware on the roof, which must have been either for self-driving uh, testing or information. Although I could see the driver had hands on the wheel, and there was a passenger with a laptop, so there was definitely some testing going on. But uh, the point I wanted to make was that you know I've now have the privilege, the the honor of uh, of seeing both the Model Three and the Bolt in the wild which so far not a lot of people can claim uh, having seen both. And I'm just surprised at, uh, at how small the Bolt is. I mean, I knew it was smaller than the 3, but it's a sm- it is not a large car at all. Uh, it is not a big car, which, I mean, for some people, especially you know, people that live in someplace like San Francisco, for the same exact money as the Model 3, a lot of people might go, hey, you know, I'm just looking for a city car. This thing, you know, 200-mile-plus range uh, that's... You know, th- th- it might, that that might be a selling point for some people. For others, they might go, "Well, gee, what I can get, I can get more car for the exact same money." I'm going Model Three. Of course, there's the supercharging network and all the other things, but you know, I don't want to turn it into a war because it's not. I mean, it, this it's it's so good that Chevy's building this thing. This is this is nothing but a good thing. But I was that's that's my takeaway. I just wanted to share was it was surprisingly small, which again, for some of you may prove to be a selling point, and for others it may be a bit of a turnoff, but uh, but there you go. It's nice to, to spot a bolt just driving around in the wild and, and get a, a decent look at it. All right, uh, coming up later in the show, by the way, is a, an interview with Roger Pressman. You may know him as the, uh, the founder of EV Annex, or Evanex, which uh, I joked with him about. Did a little uh, Skype interview with him that I'll, I'm going to put in later in the show, bef- after the news, but before we get to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Just talking about the book. His book uh, is called Getting Ready for Model 3, so stay tuned for that. And just a, a little apology in advance. He sounds, uh, listening back to the recording, he sounds a little bit echoey. It sounded okay while I was recording and talking to him, but listening back, it's it's uh, not quite ideal. So I think it's just a note for me for the future to ask any any uh, future guests 
to not be on any sort of speakerphone type situation, be on a direct mic of some sort. But anyway, uh, so that's a, a nice little thing. I want to try and start doing a few more little interviews here and there. I've made a short list of people I'd like to talk to that I could actually realistically get. Because, of course, Elon's at the top of the list, but uh, probably not going to be getting him. Although, I did manage to successfully get his attention on Twitter this week. Uh, in fact, just yesterday, as I record this, just Friday, he was on a little bit of a tweet storm, as we know Elon is wont to do from time to time. And so, usually, I will take that opportunity to try and either slip in uh, a plug for the podcast, just, you know, because I, I would love for him to at least listen to it. I, I expect he has no time and possibly just doesn't care. I mean, he's got way bigger fish to fry than listening to one crazy guy's uh, weekly <laughs> musings about his company. But I, I don't pretend for a second that he would he would, uh, he would would give it a listen or, or uh, have time to. But I figure, why not? You know, maybe he's, he's always, he's on a plane every week between L.A. and San Francisco, between SpaceX and Tesla. So you never know. Why not? So, uh, but I managed to get his attention when he was tweeting uh, some other people about some other things, which we're going to get to here in a minute. I tweeted at him uh, trying to get my, my, my own little big question, the thing that, that I'm super curious about. You guys know how much I love signature red paint, and I would love to see it on uh, the Model 3, particularly, and you know, I've, I've floated the idea on this show before of, hey, they could offer it as an option to everybody with a time-stamped reservation of March 31st. All those day one people, the, either the people that went in the stores or even the people that first jumped online for their reservation right away. Just everybody with that first day reservation. That could be a cool little nod where, you know, if you're driving your Model 3 down the road and you see another Model 3 that's signature red, you know, oh, that's a fellow early adopter. They jumped right in on that first day. So uh, that's been my little thing that I've been championing. So I finally got Elon to reply to me about that. So I said, any chance of signature red paint being offered as an option for March 31st Model 3 reservation holders? And not too long after, he wrote back and simply said, there will be something special. Uh, so that's not to say it will be Sig Red or it will be any paint color. Could be a badge, could be anything. But it's very cool to uh, to have actually at least now he's... If he's never thought about that, now he's at least thought about it. But he's clearly been thinking about this in some capacity because he says there will be something special. So uh, I'm, I'll cross my fingers that maybe it will be Sig Red, but it looks like it's going to be something for all of us that, that got that reservation in on the first day, all of us that camped out, all of us that waited in line uh, physically at the stores. So uh, we'll keep an eye out and see what that's going to end up being. But just a fun little nugget of news I was able to, to help break there. So thank you, Elon, if by some chance in hell you're actually listening to this. Thank you for taking a minute to reply to me on Twitter. I do appreciate it. And if by some chance you are listening... I would love to interview you on this very show about all things Tesla. Uh, let's move forward with Model X. Model X got a sort of stealth update this week to the design studio. Uh, this was, in fact, the announcement was made by Sterling Anderson, the autopilot director. Not from Elon, not from the Tesla account, but Sterling tweeted this first. The Model X now has a folding bench seat with the five-seat configuration. So the rumors were true, because uh, if you haven't been following this, anyone that ordered a Model X in the five-seat configuration 
has had their delivery pushed back months and months and months. I mean, some of you uh, that are out there have been on the list for years. You've been waiting for your Model X. You want it in the five seat, which uh, five seat, by the way, just to, to make sure everybody's clear, that's of course the uh, two seats in the front and then a three-row uh, th- three second, th- pardon me, a three-seat second row, if I can get that out correctly, and nothing in the back, no, no third row at all. So uh, those deliveries had been pushed further and further back. The design studio had said fall 2016 for five-seater deliveries. Now we know why. So the bench, so it's not the you know sculpted, amazing seats that Elon was... Uh, so very proud of, and they are wonderful seats. Uh, you know, on the on the mono post, uh, so that you've got f- you know floor access, uh, foot room access underneath you. It is a 60-40 split seat bench. So each of those, you know, the 60 side and the fold uh, the 40 side recline and will fold down individually. And according to the design studio on Tesla's site, if you fold the bench all the way flat. The Model X has an industry-leading, an SUV-leading, 88 cubic feet of cargo space, narrowly edging out the new Volvo, uh, the, the X, I believe it's the XC90 is the, the Volvo SUV, uh, and quite a bit more than the Cayenne, the, 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 you know, the uh, X5, and some of the other competitors. So uh, I'm a little, I mean, you know, it's a little bit of a bummer. And certainly plenty of people have echoed this already out on social media and on the Tesla Motors Club forums of, you know, it's a shame that you can't get this in the seven-seat option. Because, of course, in the the six- and seven-seat option, the third row does fold flat. The third row is a bench now. uh, And it's just too bad. It's it's a little bit of a shame that you can't have both. You can't have a seven-seat config and have both row two and row three fold flat but maybe that uh, that will become maybe that's the next thing they just wanted to get get this out first and then they'll move on to the seven seat version of it uh, who knows that's just me speculating but uh but it's it's really great to see tesla respond to what has probably been the single biggest piece of feedback dare i say criticism of the model x particularly since the prototype, if you've never seen it, I've had the pleasure of seeing it in person, but you can always look at the video of the Model X reveal from early 2002 online. The prototype Model X was notable for a, a, a few things. One was the Falcon wing doors. They made it to production. Another was the lack of side mirrors. They had side uh, cameras. Those obviously uh, didn't, didn't make it uh, due to regulatory issues. And the third thing was they actually showed the car uh, from behind and folded everything down, second and third row, and just had this, this massive amount of cargo space. And it was impressive. And, of course, the final production car up to this point has not been able to match that. You know, the, the second row seats do not fold flat. They only tilt forward. So really great to see Tesla addressing that feedback, addressing that criticism, and, uh, and offering that now on the five-seat version. And at least, you know, it, it actually doesn't cost you any more, with, which, of course, the six- and seven-seat configurations always have and continue to do so. So, uh, so there you go. If you've, been, if you've been a little frustrated, a little disappointed by that, by that uh, lack of insane cargo space due to that non-folding second row... Tesla has heeded your call 
And that is now uh, a thing you can order. Also changing in the design studio, the discontinuation of the P90D on both the S and the X. So uh, we, say, we say farewell, we pour one out for insane mode. Insane mode, we hardly knew ye. I, in fact, as I've said, I've only ever driven insane mode on, uh, on a Tesla I've, as far as the high end. I've never driven ludicrous in any form on any car. Uh, so yeah, no more insane. You've got uh, sport and ludicrous in your in your Teslas going forward, at least for the S and the X. We'll have to see what happens with Model 3, but in fact, I wanted to make a point on that note. But the, the other thing I wanted to say first was that Tesla's really widening the gap now between the performance models of the cars and the other variants of the cars. Uh, of course, not that the non-performance versions are slouches by any stretch. You know, the, the pardon me, the 90D is uh, plenty quick. So about, about 4, 4.2 seconds to 60, so it's no slouch. And the Model X is a bit, it's about 4.7, 4.8 for a 5,500-pound 5, SUV. So also not too shabby, but really quite a gap now. You go from that about 4 seconds in the S on the, highest-end non-performance dual-motor car to ludicrous mode of 2.5 seconds. So that is a full second-and-a-half delta between those two cars, and that's pretty crazy. I mean, and the Model X uh, is actually closer to 2 seconds because it's about, you know, like I said, 4.7, 4.8 on the 90D Model X, and the ludicrous X... The P100D is 2.9 seconds. So, uh, yeah, people are definitely separating the performance versions from the non-performance versions. And I think we can probably, you know, we can for now reasonably expect the same on Model 3. Meaning, no insane mode, it'll be straight to ludicrous if you get the performance version, which I had hoped to... But if the gap is going to be this wide, I mean, it's a $40,000 difference between the 90D Model S and the P100D Ludicrous Model S. That is a huge financial difference. And even if the Model 3, I mean, you you figure it's probably going to be, I mean, just extrapolating a little bit. What, probably, if I had to guess, a $25,000 difference then? I mean, I think that's probably a reasonable bet. I'm not, I, I can't imagine uh, my wife being <laughs> going for that at all. I mean, remember, it used to be, I think originally uh, on P85D, it was the, I think it was, uh, or no, sorry, P90D from P, it was like a 15, 10 or 15K. But man, a, a you know a forty thousand dollar gap is is a lot on an, on the S and X, and we'll see what happens with the three. Now with the three, they may decide Tesla may decide. Well, you know this is our mass market car. We want to get every you know the, the margins on the cars are going to be lower because they're lower priced cars. So let's let's give people as many options as possible to get them to spend as much. So maybe I'm, I'm definitely not ruling out 
the possibility that they will introduce that incremental performance step back into the three and have a, you know, let's let's call it an 80 kilowatt for now as the top end battery. Let's, so maybe there's going to be an 80D, pardon me, an 80, an 80D, a P80D, and a P80D Ludicrous. It's possible. It's very possible because, again, even somebody like me, if I'm lucky enough to be in position, which, <laughs> again, after... After poor Maggie's vet bills, I'm uh, I'm not getting any closer. But uh, yeah, I mean, if I were in position where you know it's a much shorter jump to get to an insane mode PADD, uh, and maybe you know I can't afford the the ludicrous, but maybe if I can get to the insane, I mean, I I would certainly love to do that. I would love to have that option and give Tesla the you know a little bit of money instead of. As, instead of the, the a lot of money that I wouldn't be able to afford. So we'll see. I don't know. It's uh, But again, for now, I think it is reasonable to expect the same with the uh, Model 3. Now, Elon, again, the tweet storm, I referenced it earlier. He, Elon tweeted just out of nowhere, forgot to mention there will be a P100D ludicrous Easter egg soon that uncorks the full performance. Think about that for just a second. Now, I read that and thought, is he being cheeky here? Is he just kind of goofing around? Because, I mean, is he just talking about some sort of silly visual Easter egg on the instrument cluster or on the center screen? Or is he actually talking about physical performance? On this note, James from the Bay Area also got a reply on Twitter from Elon on this very topic, and he called in about it, and it's very relevant to this conversation, so I'm going to actually go right now to James from the Bay Area to talk more about this. James, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? This is uh, James from the Bay Area. I, uh, today's, what, Friday, November 4th, I guess Elon was tweeting some stuff, and he tweeted out... Uh, about the P100D having an Easter egg, I guess, to be able to go even faster. Excuse me. And I was the guy that replied to his tweet asking him, basically saying something like, you mean to tell me this beast hasn't fully been unleashed? Then he replied, and I didn't even understand his reference. So then I tweeted you to help decipher. Luckily, some of the people on Twitter helped me decipher, and he was referring to a movie, uh, from back in the 80s, The Princess Bride. Great movie if you haven't seen it. Anyways, finally figured it out. Basically, he was saying it has more tricks up its sleeve, pretty much. So, uh, yeah, and also, I guess apparently when you tweet Elon, he's so famous. I mean, my iPhone has practically exploded with all the retweets and likes. Like, this is crazy. So let me just put that out there to anyone who hopes Elon replies. If he does your tweet you know you you better be near a charger or have some sort of a battery backup because um wow it's crazy anyways i wanted to ask you too excuse me i wanted to ask you if you had the choice would you rather have your model 3 delivered or would you rather go to the factory and pick it up once it's all said and done i was thinking i'd rather go to the factory and take a tour kind of look around and stuff like that but on the other hand it's kind of appealing, the idea of me walking outside in front of my house with my bunny slippers, cup of coffee, 
And here comes this 18-wheeler, you know, with other Teslas, you know, uh, uh, stacked on it. And they just back it off right in front of my house while I sip a cup of coffee. I don't know. It's kind of appealing, too. Anyways, wanted to know what you thought about that. Anyways, love the show. I always listen, and uh, I'll try to call in more. But believe it or not, I don't know if you hear my phone vibrating or not. The, the, the likes and retweets are still going on. This is insane. All right. Oh, yeah. Shout out to MTB, Maggie the Boxer. Like. <laughs> MTB. I've never, I've never heard that before. I like that, James. I like that. And MTB, Maggie the Boxer. How you doing, Maggie? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I, I don't know how that car could have more in it. I mean, that's nuts. What on earth did Elon hide in that car? Again, I thought he was joking at first, but when he replied to you and said what he said, uh, which I've seen Princess Bride, not in years, but uh, by the way, I'll say, I'll admit, I needed the reference explained to me as well, so so uh, James, don't feel bad. So I, I guess he's serious. Elon seems to be serious here. So <laughs> I can't wait to see what this Easter egg is. What, I, what could this possibly be? That that he is that that Elon has left up his sleeve. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Uh, and by the way, James, as to your other question about about uh, delivery of Model Three, since like you, I'm lucky enough to live uh, near the factory here in the Bay Area. My plan, I a hundred percent plan to go to the factory to pick up my car for a couple of reasons. One, I absolutely love the idea. Because you know, I live in California, you know, you got your cars are a lot of them are made in Detroit. Some are, you know, there's Corvettes are in what Kentucky is it? Uh, or you know, if you like, if you're a Beamer guy, they're in Germany. So it's I happen to live near the factory of where my most anticipated car of my life, along with the DeLorean, is going to be built. So uh, I, I'm so lucky to live near the factory that I definitely want to pick it up because. I love the idea that it just rolls out of the factory and I literally drive it out of the, off of the factory, you know, out of the, f- the factory, not literally out of the building, but, you know, I, I love the, the idea of that. So I love that. It, it, I don't even necessarily care about the tour so much. I mean, I, I do want to do a tour again sometime soon, but, uh, and then also the other, the other thing for me, which you might just want to think about if you haven't already, you probably, I'm sure you have, but if if you take if I take factory delivery, then theoretically I should be able to get my car sooner since I'm just going to pick it up, rather than having to wait for a truck to deliver it either to my house or more likely to a nearby service center. Either the San Francisco or Burlingame uh, are the are the two that are within range for me. So uh, I don't want to wait an extra day. I want to go when it's built and it's ready. I want it. So, uh, I, the other the other thing too is just for me, uh, being in San Francisco, the factory is kind of a nice. It's about a fifty minute drive, uh, fat, you know, minus traffic you know, without traffic. So it'd be kind of a nice ride home. You know, it's not like the, it's not like I live ten minutes from the factory and it's like pick up the car, drive home, and it's like oh, well I'm home already. So it'll be a nice drive out of it. Anyway, uh, James, thank you so much for that call. Let's move back to the news. And that is the Model S is getting a little something from the Model 3. How about that? That's the first time we've been able to say that, I think. 
And that feature is an all glass roof option. Elon did tweet about this, saying, quote, I highly recommend the new all glass roof on the Model S. This was very hard to develop, but it makes the interior feel amazing. In addition, we reinforced the surrounding body structure for improved safety. And he notes that was they, they were already at five stars in all categories. He uh, That specific uh, structural improvement, by the way, is that the A and B pillars are, according to Elon, primarily, uh, is this, yeah, this is from him, are primarily aluminum with hot stamped boron steel reinforcements. B pillar has a glass overlay. Now, What's interesting about this, this isn't just Elon saying it, although I suppose if he's saying it, the company has to say it. In the design studio, if you go in there, the design studio for Model S notes the all-glass roof option as the Tesla-recommended option, just as they do with the white seats in the Model X and the six-seat... Well, actually, Elon has said, uh, talked about the six-seat configuration. I can't actually remember off the top of my head if it's noted that way in the design studio. I'm going to take a quick look here. But um, the one other thing, though, that's, well, two other little things, one of which would bother me personally if I were in position to buy a Model S, and one of them would not. But for those of you who may be considering this, if, you're, if you've been waiting, uh, been thinking about buying an S, and now this all-glass roof might push you over the edge, there's two things to keep in mind. There are two downsides here. Number one, probably the most critical one, uh, well, I guess now it's different people have different priorities. So it's number one, the all glass roof is not compatible with roof racks. It certainly doesn't have the hooks built in the way that the panoramic roof does. So that is something to keep in mind. The other thing that the all glass roof is not currently uh, compatible with is Sirius XM radio. They build the antenna into the panoramic roof. Which, by the way, I, I really hope that gets sorted out. I hope Tesla rectifies that somehow because I've been a serious XM subscriber for, uh, boy, oh, wow, it's coming up on, actually it is, it's 10 years. I've been there, and I, I do enjoy the service. I actually really like the service, even though the audio quality isn't amazing, but um, I that would be... That would be something that would get me to stop and think twice, because I I would want to. I have a. I was able to. I got lucky when I when I got my Sirius subscription. Uh, they were still offering lifetime subscriptions, so I bought one, and they don't offer them anymore. And it's, I it's paid for itself a couple of times over, and you can just pay a seventy five dollar one time change fee to just move it to another radio, and that's what I want to do. I want to move it to my Model Three. So I'll pay the 75 and then not have any monthly payments. So that I would that would personally make me think twice about the glass roof, but it is it's so nice. It, it's it's obviously personal preference because uh I've uh I really like the panoramic roof. I mean, it's it's a nice big glass opening, but I've got to figure I mean, I've been in the Model 3 and that has the all glass roof and it is stunning. Now, to be fair, the uh the Model 3 that I sat in, pardon me, only has, it, rather, it had no tinting on it. You know, it was just clear for maximum effect. Uh, so, it, you know, the, the, the sort of the effect was heightened in the Model 3, whereas in the final production version, it, it just has to be tinted. It, it absolutely has to be. Otherwise, 
it, that would just cause all sorts of sunburns and problems on a daily basis for people. But boy, I, I know I, I would, I like the idea of being able to open the panoramic roof, but in the time that I've spent in the S, mostly my cousin Patrick's car, I find that I don't open it a lot, mostly for the wind noise. So I don't know. I mean, I, it would be a tough decision for me. Now, the one other note about this, just uh, so you're aware, if you are considering ordering, the the solar glass roof is $1,500, uh, which is, you know, that's not bad. That's a, that's a re- relatively affordable option. But the... Uh, you may go. You may recall that the panoramic roof was also fifteen hundred dollars. The panoramic roof is now called the sunroof, and it has been bumped up in price to two thousand dollars. So uh, that is a new thing. Now we don't know if the all glass roof is Tesla glass. If that's something from the Tesla glass group, it's, but the model, we know the model three is going to incorporate Tesla glass. And in fact, Jeremy from Columbus has a call from on this very topic. So I wanted to throw it in right here and we can continue to talk about it. So Jeremy from Columbus, you're on the air. Hey, it's Jeremy from Columbus. Um, I'm calling in regard to this Tesla glass um, announcement that uh, Elon Musk made on the um, conference call. Um, looking at the uh, solar panels that he released, he said that the solar panels were glass, and not only the, that they were glass, but they were actually transparent, and they had to put some pigment in there to make them appear to have the colors. And he then goes on to say that um, they're made by Tesla Glass, a new team within the um, Tesla company. And then he goes on to say that they will be using new technology made by Tesla Glass introduced in the Model 3. And that got me thinking, um, with that large swooping glass roof from the hood to the trunk of the Model 3, could Tesla be planning on putting solar glass on the roof of the Model 3? Um, it sounds like a great idea. We know that the glass is very strong and sturdy from the video of them dropping the weight on it. We know it can be translucent. Um, so why not? I think that would be a huge range booster for people. Uh, not only that, but it would potentially solve the problem of people like me who live in apartments who don't have charging capability, uh, because my car will charge while I'm at work, just in the parking lot, not even plugged up. Um, or charge at home or whenever. It can charge actually while I'm on the road during a sunny day. So that's just something uh, I've been thinking about. It would be a wonderful thing if it happened. Uh, let me know what you think. Um, and uh, keep up the good work. Bye. So funny you should mention this, Jeremy, uh, because Elon brought this up on Twitter. So uh, someone tweeted him saying, folks are misinterpreting your words about using in-house glass tech on Model 3. They think you'll embed solar panels in the roof. And Elon being Elon replied, we will probably offer that as an option. And uh, the, the conversation continued, would a solar roof car roof be super expensive? And Elon simply replied, no. Uh... The uh, <laughs> there was one more piece of this conversation. It says uh, at Elon Musk, solar roof could unlock street parking in many cities, 
where street charging not yet available it if it just maintains charge level. And Elon replied, now wouldn't that be interesting with a smiley face? So, uh, <laughs> that's just crazy. The, my first thought, of course, was, oh, my car just got more expensive again. <laughs> if I got, like, oh, I got to get the solar roof now. Although, I wonder if this is the kind of option that won't be there right at launch and it'll be rolled out later, because as you recall, Elon did say that they wanted to take a more gradual approach and, uh, you know, as opposed to the Model X where they just crammed everything into the first version of the car, that they wanted to sort of dole out features at a more reasonable pace on the Model 3. But um, nevertheless, uh, the thing is with this, as others have pointed out, unless Elon has a new solution to this, which is entirely possible because this is Elon Musk we're dealing with here, the uh, solar cells on the on the relatively small surface area of the roof of a car don't draw nearly enough power to do any significant charging. So uh, the benefits of this remain to be seen. There are other cars. It's uh, what is it? The the Fisker has this, right? The Karma, and then I think there's I think even Prius has it. So uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, he says it's not going to be expensive. So. If there's if there is a decent benefit to be had and it's not that expensive, I would certainly add it to my wish list. Although, um, you know, again, it, it depends. There, there's <laughs> I'm gonna have to draw a line somewhere with this car, probably financially, but we'll see. So, uh, uh, by the way, the the other thing I wanted to add about the solar, pardon me, just the glass roof on the Model S. I would think it should eliminate the crossbar that's in the middle of the panel roof. You know, if you're sitting in a Model S and you look, you know, the panel roof's big, but there it is. Two, there, it, there's two sections, so I would think that the all-glass roof should eliminate that, and that should really not only help give it a more open feeling, but uh, it'll probably that that would give it more give you more headroom in the car too for you tall folks out there. Again, as I said, I, I did, you know, I rode in the Model 3, uh, which even though it was nighttime, it's just that, that it, again, untinted glass. It just, it did feel pretty, pretty darn cool. So we'll see. Uh, let's talk a little bit more Tesla glass. In fact, let me go to Aaron from Connecticut, who wanted to call in about uh, his concerns regarding Tesla glass and how it relates to Solar City. So Aaron, take it away. Hey, Ryan, it's Aaron from Connecticut. I was just reading some of the uh, excellent coverage that uh, Electric has on some of the uh, new Tesla glass group uh, that's developing some interesting automotive glass and that may have been involved in designing the prototype um, solar tiles. And they had the embedded video. I had another look at it, and it was very interesting. If you look at the Tesla tile at the end, a quick um, view makes it look like it's not affected by the dropped weight. But I had a really close look at that thing, and it looks like it also breaks. It just doesn't shatter like everything else. So I wonder what that new tech is, if it's just shatterproof glass, and that makes it something appropriate for automotive, and uh, just happens to make it look like it's more durable than perhaps those other materials that are used for the roof. Um, or if you know maybe the demonstration had been um, given an extra bit of material to make it look 
a little bit better uh, resistant to to impact. Um, I've been struggling with how I'm going to vote on the Tesla and Solar City merger. Um, I don't know. I I think maybe that's um, one thing that might uh, give me a little less confidence in in voting for that merger. I'm just not sure it's a good business decision. And then having a really close look at that video makes me think maybe we're just trying to push this through unnecessarily. I mean, if this development group is part of Tesla and not part of Solar City, which is traditionally not a um, manufacturing company, but actually just an install company, then maybe this merger isn't really the right thing. Maybe Tesla should just do this on their own and and find um, third-party installers to do the solar installations uh, for them. Uh, in any case, just really interesting. I was wondering if you see the same thing in the video. Maybe some of your other listeners see the same thing. And look forward to hearing your thoughts. Take care. Aaron, thank you for the call. And I have to say, it, you know, it's tough to tell. It's tough to tell. I, as I've said before, I don't disagree with the merger in principle. I question as a as a uh, Model 3 reservation holder who is just dying for his car and sees the importance of the car to the company, I just question the timing of this Solar City Tesla merger. Again, given my my belief that the Model 3 should be the overwhelmingly primary focus of the company right now. So personally, I honestly don't know how I would vote. But as I've said, and I say it a lot, I mean, I, I am a Tesla fanboy, but I mean, on, on a sort of just to set that aside, uh, just being real about it, I do believe in Elon Musk. So I would give him the benefit of the doubt. And I guess I would probably vote yes, because if he thinks it's a good idea, who, I, who am I to doubt him? I mean, uh, he hasn't, again, it's, he, he has earned the benefit of the doubt, in this case, to not doubt him, in my opinion. So uh, I'm sure, I'm, it's, I think it's great that you're carefully considering how to vote. That's very important. So uh, I just hope you, I hope you will vote, and I hope uh, all the shareholders will vote, and we'll see where the chips fall. Uh, next up on the news list, in fact, the, the final item of the week is a little bit of a silly one, but I wanted to cover it anyway because I covered the initial story. This is a follow-up. And that is, uh, it comes via Tesla Roddy, although it was sort of picked up everywhere. Now, you may remember that there was a, an oil company guy, uh, his name is, oh man, I forgot, <laughs> dang it, I only <laughs> wrote down his last name. Uh, his name is Mr. Katz, and he, uh, Todd Katz, there we go, I had it written down. So Todd Katz tried to impersonate Elon Musk in an email to try and get confidential financial information out of the CFO, Jason Wheeler, the Tesla CFO. So, uh, and Tesla sued him for it. <laughs> and now, because you can't do that. That's, that's not a thing you can do. That's serious stuff. Uh, and guess what? Tesla is suing, uh, is suing him. And, and uh, the <laughs> he wants the case. Mr. Katz wants the case thrown out because, and I can't make this stuff up, my friends. Mr. Katz says, the impression wasn't that good. 
It's like, hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good at, I'm, I'm no impressionist. <laughs> Attorneys for Cats is via Teslarati now. Attorneys for Cats, the former CFO of Quest Integrity, which, by the way, Electric notes that he lost his job after Tesla filed the lawsuit. Uh, Quest Integrity, which provides services to oil and gas companies, including ExxonMobil, BP, Chevron, and Shell, among others, argued that the case against him isn't viable because his impersonation wasn't credible. Katz attorneys argue that the Tesla lawsuit is flawed on several fronts. They say the email allegedly received, allegedly received, please. I guess that's just legal. You got to say that. They say the email allegedly received by Mr. Wheeler was goofy. (laughs) This is their term now, folks. Was goofy. Nobody ever believed it really came from Elon Musk. Used a Yahoo email account. Had grammatically deficient communication. Contained peculiar syntax was not a credible impersonation of Elon Musk in any way, and provided no direct injury to Tesla. Uh, we, by the way, you can throw the last one out immediately. And all the, all the, I just love all the rest of them are like, hey, I'm too dumb for this to be a real thing. So no, I'm dumb, I'm dumb. I don't know, that's not, I don't know. I'm sure he's a smart guy, but this is, this is laughable to me. Uh, and it, is, it continues. Elon Musk, the court filings explain, is, quote, known to be a stickler for grammar, and would never use such atrocious syntax. Katz's attorneys state that Tesla is, quote, over the top, and is drawing in the courts as a, quote, heavy-handed attempt to intimidate and silence Mr. Katz, a Tesla critic. Tesla has filed a cross-complaint, or pardon me, Katz has filed a cross-complaint against Tesla, alleging that Tesla hacked into his Twitter account in order to identify him. The complaint alleges that Tesla's investigation and hacking caused Katz to suffer damages, quote, including loss of earnings and damage to reputation. Uh, You damaged your own reputation, dude. A Tesla spokesperson replied, uh, saying it a little more gracefully than I just did, quote, the oil executive Todd Katz is perfectly capable of embarrassing himself with no help from Tesla. We did not even know that the Twitter pseudonym in question belonged to Mr. Katz, What we are most interested in discovering is what people or organizations collaborated with Mr. Katz in his attempt to gain information illegally from Tesla and who or what companies may have paid him to do so. That is of great concern to us and many members of the public. Uh, This is a classic case of of waking the sleeping giant. (laughs) You poke the bear and the bear bit your head off. It was just a goof, you guys. Uh, Nope. Now you're going to be sued, and you're probably going to lose because you did a real dumb thing, and I can't imagine any judge or jury would have much sympathy for Mr. Katz. Uh, also, if you believe, if you re- do you really think that Tesla would hack into somebody's Twitter account to identify them? A company like Tesla has a lot to lose by getting found guilty of something like that. So I'm going to think they're probably not going to do it. And as I've said earlier in the show about other stuff, for me, for me, obviously not for Mr. Katz, who is a Tesla critic, Tesla's earned the benefit of the doubt. As I, again, as I've talked about many, many times, as far as being taken at their word compared to their accusers. So, uh, Mr. Katz, I wish you the best of luck, because I do think you're probably going to need it. Uh, and with that out of the way, that is the, the week's most relevant Tesla news. 
We go now to the interview that I mentioned at the top of the show with Roger Pressman. Again, he's the author of a very recent book called Getting Ready for Model 3, which, as I talked to Roger about, may not be for you specifically, the Ride the Lightning podcast listener who keeps up to date on everything via your own research and or just listening to this podcast, but you may have other members of your family, some friends, and this book could be of a uh, you know, good gift, good good thing to give to them or, or point them towards. So we're going to go to that interview. It's about, I think if I remember, about 10 minutes or so. And then after that, uh, we'll go to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Lots more great calls. In fact, let's see what, one, two, three, four, five of them. Five more of them queued up for you. Uh, so stay tuned for the Roger Pressman interview followed by the Ride the Lightning Hotline coming up right now. Pleased to be joined this week by Roger Pressman. He is the author of Getting Ready for Model 3, as well as the founder of Evanex.com. Roger, am I pro- I've always wondered if I'm pronouncing your website correctly. You, you are. Our original intent was to have it read EV, as in electric vehicle, Annex. Annex, yeah. But everyone says Evanex, and so we've adopted <laughs> that pronunciation as well. Well, you know, why not? It's uh, words are added to the dictionary every year, so why Correct. not? Why not uh, invent one yourself? So, uh, yeah, you've written a book which uh, is certainly of interest to. I mean, that's actually kind of a lot of what I want to talk about. Is is uh, first of all, the book is getting ready for Model Three, uh, and it is a sort of it is a what? Let's see, I've got it in front of me, a hundred and forty something page guide on, as the title suggests, getting ready. For Model Three of uh, you know getting to know sort of what what charging is all about, what you know, some things about what to expect about the car. What was the first of all? I'm curious what the motivation was, uh, what your goal was with the book, and then secondly, how'd you get this damn thing done so fast? The car was still you got the car was announced on March 31st, and you had this book out like two or three months later. I'm impressed. Well, let me answer the questions in small pieces, and feel free, obviously, to ask questions anytime you'd like. Um, we, I was one of the very fortunate people who actually got to go to the Model 3 launch. Yeah, likewise. And uh, having been there and talking with media and talking with Tesla engineers, having a test drive in the car, uh, seeing the car very up close and very personal, uh, I got all excited about the potential. Uh, in addition, as we sat at the launch on March 31st, there was a, a, a ticker on the screen showing how many people were signing up. When that began to cross the 100,000 uh, uh, person boundary, yeah. it became very evident that people were very excited about it. At that point, on that night, I said to myself, you know what? There are a lot of people who are ordering this car who don't have a clue about what EVs are, electric vehicles are, don't have a clue about what needs to be done. And also, frankly, don't have a clue about the car itself. Yeah. So it might be worthwhile to put something together in a structured format. And the idea just kind of grew out of that. Uh, how did I do it so quickly? I've had a little bit of experience writing books. Um, and when I set my mind to it, I can get things done fairly quickly. And that's what happened. So the book is out and there and uh, it's doing very well. Thanks. Is it, is, is it, I'm guessing this isn't so much more for, uh, the average Tesla Motors Club forum member, but it's more for probably their family, their their mom, their dad, their their family members, friends that, like you said, have ordered the car but just have no clue. I, would that be fair to say? I, I think you're right. If you if you if you follow Tesla daily, if you follow the genesis of the Model S and the Model X, 
and you're a fairly technical person, this book will have some useful information in it. But frankly, a lot of what's in it you already know. But the point is that hundreds of thousands of people have ordered this car, at least on the reservation list. And as such, of those hundreds of thousands, a significant percentage have never owned a Model S or a Model X, have never really looked into electric vehicles in any depth. And those are the folks that I really wrote the book to reach. What is the Model 3? What do you need to do to get ready for it? Uh, I'm a fairly experienced Model S owner, having had the car longer than just about anybody. And we also own a Model X. So I'd like to think I know a little bit about EVs. And that's why we really put the, put the book together to help the people that you identified. It, it, it's useful for a Tesla Forum member or a Tesla Motors Club member, but that was not the demographic that I was shooting for. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually my next question is you, you are an, an S and an X owner. What, how have, uh, sort of, were you a car guy before? Did, were you used to having sort of higher performance or luxury cars before? And, and how is, uh, how is going it? to become a Tesla owner changed your, your automotive life? <laughs> That's a good question. Was I a car guy? Yeah, ever since I've been a teenager. Uh, and I was, you know, a, a, a person who always liked performance and always liked beautiful cars. That's not unusual in the United States of America. Um, Tesla, owning a Tesla was absolutely transformative. I have to tell you that. Uh, the car is, is, is very attractive aesthetically, but far more important, it's a very impressive automobile. Today, people know that. Yeah. When I ordered the car in 2011, everybody thought that it was a pipe dream. It was, yeah. uh, uh, you know, just vapor. Vaporware was a term that was always mm -hmm. used. And I was worried. I mean, I put a fair amount of money down, and, and I wasn't really sure, but I said, what the heck, let's see what happens. The car has met virtually every expectation that I've had. Uh, it's high performance. It's a real automobile. And now that we see it, speaking in gearhead talk, smoking a Hellcat yeah. or beating, beating exotics on the, on, on the drag strip, I think even real old-time automotive people are turning around and taking a hard look. So uh, if you've got an early car, I presume either a signature or just a very early I do have a signature, yes. So uh, was, was your X a... And uh, just did that feel like a huge step change? Because if you know you didn't have parking sensors, folding mirrors, dual motor, autopilot, any of that Correct. stuff. So did, are are you even more blown away by your Model X? I actually am. Um, I I was an early adopter, and of course, all early adopters. I have a signature. Early adopters suffer from early adopter syndrome. A lot yeah. of the tech that is currently in the car didn't exist when I bought it. Along came our X. And it has all of that tech. And the technology in, in the car currently is, I mean, obviously I knew all about it, but, but it, it's a little bit mind-blowing. Autopilot, Summon, all the rest of it was very impressive. And if some of that tech, or maybe all of that tech, translates to the Model 3, yeah. it's going to blow a lot of people who, who, who are on the reservation list away. I mean, it, it's, it's really pretty remarkable. I mean, that's my thoughts exactly, because my wife is, says even to me, you know, are you sure you, you really want to get it that early? You know, are, after what, you know, what's gone on with the S and the X and how sort of quickly those early VIN cars have been not left behind, but, you know, uh, but but sort of uh, built upon and, and moved forward past. And I told her, you know, 
it's it's not the same situation as as either of no. the other two Tesla cars because of exactly what you're saying. Like all that stuff rolls into Model Three, and yes, of course, the company will always continue to move forward. And there's really there's you could make you could make a case where if you waited for the latest and greatest Tesla. Uh, uh, feature to be added to the car, you'd be waiting forever because there's always something around the corner. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I really feel like the three is going to even even right out of the gate is going to be a uh, a really incredible piece of machinery, whether you've owned a Tesla before or not. Uh, I completely agree. I, I think I think the Model Three in the automotive world, given its base price point, given the technology it's going to deliver given is its aesthetics for an EV is going to be a game changer. Um, there's something that happens in technology. I've been around a while and it, what I characterize it as the over the horizon syndrome. Yeah. If, if you're always looking over the horizons and for the, the, the greatest and newest tech, you'll wait forever. You know, you kind of do have to pull the trigger. I have absolutely no regrets that I pulled the trigger on the model S at the beginning. Sure. I missed out on some subsequent technology, but at the end of the day, I had an opportunity to drive that car, to experience it, to uh, effectively have access to a really cool automobile. So I have no regrets whatsoever. Um, and I do think that a lot of the tech that was developed for both the S and the X will translate directly into the Model 3. And, and you know, that's a, a, a benefit to everybody on the, on the reservation list. Now, uh, I... I presume since you attended the Model 3 event, are you, do you have a deposit down for a Model I 3? I sure do. <laughs> so you, you intend, do you t intend to become a three Tesla household, or are you going to replace either the S or X? You know what? It's a question of garage space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably what I'm going to do, I, 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 I'm not 100% sure yet. I'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. But one of the cars is going to have to go. But it probably won't go very far. My my older son is is, is lobbying me to sell the car to him. Uh, <laughs> I made very well the, the car being the Model S. Yeah, and I may very well do that. Our Model S is 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 kind of special because, as you know, our company Evanex sells aftermarket accessories yes. for the car. So my Model S is pretty heavily tricked out, um, and that's a very cool thing. And we really don't want to let it get outside the family. But I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. I would love to drive the Model Three, you know, for a while. Anyway, um, so for a while, I'm gonna I'm gonna drive the car. I, I think it's gonna be just so cool um, because having been in it and having ridden it, I didn't drive it, yeah. but having ridden in it, um, it's an experience. It's 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 unlike any car I've ever been in. It's more like being in an aircraft cockpit than in a in an automobile, and that's kind of a cool feeling. Yeah, it was very. I was there as well, uh, and it oh, was cool. it was shocking. I uh, I noticed you you mentioned in the book you rode in the back seat, which so did I. Yeah. Um, which is kind of good. Kind of I kind of would have also rather have been in the front, but uh, yeah, it's 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 sort of startling to be looking at from the back seat at the dashboard of that car because there isn't one. You know, you've just got yes. <laughs> a very very small dashboard and then a giant screen of well, you know, looks giant that 15 inch landscape, but uh, what have you decided? Are you gonna Are you gonna check every box? Get the performance ludicrous version? Go all out with your Model Three? Well, or what are you I, thinking? I, I have to be honest. Given who I am, and I'm not recommending this to, to other people, I may not check other bo every box, but I will check a lot of boxes. There's yeah. there 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 is no question about it. 
I'm in a fortunate position in my life where I, I'm not constrained to the base model, and it's highly unlikely that I'll, I'll go with a base model. What I'll do is I'll take a look at what options ultimately become available and then make what I'd like to think are informed decisions based on what I want out of the car. Right. Um, do I need ludicrous? No, at my age, I can probably pass on that. But there are a lot of other features that if they are available, I will probably opt to get. Now, uh, uh, just reviewing, I, you, your uh, publisher kindly sent me a copy of your book about a month or so back, and I was just reviewing it again last night to uh, prepare mm -hmm. for this interview. And, and a couple of the chapters jumped out at me as ones that I wanted to ask you about, because obviously we just had the – you've got a whole chapter on – well, what, when can I expect my Model 3 to be delivered? And you've got, you've got line graphs, you've got S-curves, but uh, this, <laughs> since, since the writing and publishing of your book, Elon Musk has come out and said, we're, we're doubling our production rate and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get twice as many cars out as we said, as we thought we were going to originally. So, um, you know, did, did that sort of make you go, did that kind of make you put your head in your hands and sigh a little bit when uh, when Elon said that, just for, just in the in the context of your book? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I, I, for, for, first, I, I, I have to say, I have enormous respect for Elon. I think what he's trying to do is literally historic, and I'm not yes. using that word as hyperbole. I think it's literally historic. I agree with you. Uh, I think he, he is the Henry Ford or Thomas Edison of our time. Having said that, um, Elon has, has on occasion been overly optimistic about some of the things that Tesla can achieve in, in the time frame right. that it specifies. Yep. He achieves everything he says he's going to do, just the time frame sometimes slips. Right. As much as I hope that he's right, and I hope that I'm wrong, um, I suspect that if we ground ourselves in reality, the number of cars that, that, that he is currently projecting will be produced, let's say, in 2017 into early 2018, maybe, how can I put this delicately, overly optimistic. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I, I agree with you. I'm yeah, I, I'm very much, you know, when he's talking about uh, a six-figure number of cars by the end of next year, uh, you know, I, and I've said this on the podcast, I, I'm expecting – maybe half of that and hoping, you know, ho hoping basically the, the hoping for the best, expecting the worst scenario yeah, yeah. for the for yeah. the exact reasons you mentioned. And then the other chapter uh, that uh, that I wonder if it haunts your dreams a little bit is the autonomous driving chapter. We, of course, had the 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 hardware two event with the next generation of autopilot right. and every model three will have all of the tech, the uh, self-driving cameras and sensors built into it. Well, I, I, I really – I don't think that there was any problem with that because I sort of expected that. Yeah. What, what, what I think people have to realize, however, is given the price point of the base model, I have to believe that in order to opt for, uh, for autonomous driving, it's very likely that that will be an optional software upgrade. Right. The sensors will be there. Right. But in order to tap into those sensors, you're going to need a fair amount of, of AI or autonomous driving software. That will be the upgrade that people will have to use. Um, having driven, uh, you know, autopilot and having done it now for, for, for months, I can tell you it's, it's well worth it. Um, but I, I, I would be very surprised if the base model comes with full autopilot or autonomous driving capability at no additional cost. But that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. No, I, I, I don't think 
I think it's pretty safe to not call that opinion. I mean, it it doesn't come standard in the SRX. You know, it's eight thousand dollars, so I expect uh, it's just a question of of how much it's going to be uh, on the three. So, uh, Roger, as you said, so the book is getting ready for Model Three, and uh, you've also you've got a site that sells a lot of little Tesla accessories, interesting things you might want to to sort of appoint and and improve your your Model S or Model X in other ways at uh, evannex or evanex.com, whichever tomato-tomato situation you prefer. <laughs> and, uh, Roger, where where is the book available? Uh, where can we well, get the book? It's available on, on pretty much all of the major book sites, Amazon, for example, or Kobo or, or B&N, Barnes & Noble. Uh, that's in, in, in electronic form. It's available in hard copy form either from Amazon or from us at evanx.com. You can order it from us directly. Um, fundamentally, it, it, it's selling, I think, pretty much equal numbers in, in, in hard copy versions and in uh, electronic versions. Uh, there's a Kindle version available, of course, and you know others as well. Uh, a lot of interest. You know, I mean, the car is a very exciting car, and so we're we're very pleased with the response. Great. Uh, and yeah, like, like we kind of said at the beginning of the call, it, it might not necessarily be something uh, that's, that's super useful for my dedicated Tesla audience, but everybody in their lives, whether it's their parents, their siblings, their friends that are also on the Model 3 list that don't follow this stuff every day by listening to my podcast or reading forums, could be a great Great holiday gift. The holidays are right are are like officially here now. So, well, it's difficult for me to be objective about it, but <laughs> I, I heartily agree. <laughs> Roger, thank you so much. The book "Getting Ready for Model 3, available just about anywhere you would find a book these days. Thanks so much, Roger. Appreciate the time. Also, Ryan, have a good one. I hope you enjoyed that little interview with uh, Roger Pressman. Again, I, I'd like to try and do a little bit more of that here and there when it makes sense. But you know, if you, if you didn't enjoy it, you're welcome to let me know on email, on Twitter, or if you did. Uh, I'm always always curious. Again, I, I want to be extremely respectful of your time as you uh, kindly give me your time uh, to listen to this show. So we move to the Ride the Lightning hotline where a bunch of great calls. In fact, uh, the next edition of the Patreon-exclusive bonus hotline episode is going to be up by the time... Yeah, it'll be up by the time you hear this. Uh, and it is a big one. So it's a, that is for all you $10 and up pledgers. I'll say that uh, this month's episode includes calls from the following people. So if you're on this list, you might want to jump on the Patreon. And if you want to hear yourself, check it out. It's a good episode with a ton of good calls. Uh, we've got Robert from Boulder, Jay from LA, Lawton from Chicago. Uh, congratulations, on the Cubs World Series, by the way, there, Lawton. Joe from Northwest Indiana. I should probably congratulate you, Joe. You're probably a Cubs fan, too. Thomas from SoCal. Ralph from L.A. Mark from Vermont. Keith from San Diego. Greg from Sydney, Australia. And our friend Joe Willett from Michigan. All of you are featured on the November edition of the Patreon-exclusive bonus hotline phone calls episode that is up on Patreon now. And uh, here we go with this week's, which, of course, by the way, uh, you can call in any time, day or night, with a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast. And the toll-free number you can call or Skype is 
1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up, well, not first up, first up in this segment, we've already done a few calls earlier in the show, but let's go to Josh from Virginia, who has a quick comment and update on Hardware 2 that we were talking about a show or two back. Josh, go for it. Hey, Ryan, this is Josh from Leesburg, Virginia. I am a new listener and really appreciate the podcast. So thanks for that. I had a quick comment. on your solar roof episode, you played a call from someone asking about, you know, can the cameras get obscured by snow and that sort of thing. Just wanted to add a comment there that the um, all the cameras, as I think Elon mentioned, have heat uh, heater elements, heat elements, heating elements, I guess, in them. So they will actually melt ice and snow if it does build up on them. Uh, in addition, they I think you sort of mentioned this, but they're they're placed even even the ones in the side markers are placed in such a way that um, they wouldn't really accumulate snow anyway too much. At least that's the hope. Uh, so anyways, enjoy the podcast and keep it up. Thanks. So I must have missed that part, but I really doubt you're making it up. So uh, Josh, thank you for that important point of clarification. And by the way, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for giving it a try and for calling in. Let's go now to our friend Lawton from Chicago, who calls in possibly from the Cubs victory parade, for all I know. No, it's a little too quiet for that, but Lawton from Chicago calls in about, uh, he's got an idea for how to make the Model 3 Level 5 self-driving cross-country demo, uh, how to work that into the next, the part three of the Model 3 reveal. So uh, Lawton, take it away. Hi, Ryan. It's Lawton from Chicago. Wanted to share an idea about how Tesla can maximize the publicity and impact of next year's cross-country self-driving demonstration. Make it part of the Model 3 Part 3 reveal. Two days before the event, a convoy of Model 3 SNX could secretly leave New York for Los Angeles. At the event, after the Model 3 self-drives itself on stage and Elon shows off the spaceship interior and discusses the complete specifications, he could then drop the bombshell reveal that just finished the self-driving trip. They could even show highlights from the trip itself, such as the charging snake in action and how the vehicle navigated complex traffic situations. To raise the publicity level even further, they could then send these same vehicles back to complete a complete round trip along both mainstream and social media to follow their progress in real time. Imagine the headlines, self-driving Model 3 has arrived. Keep up the great work and look forward to your thoughts. I like your thinking a lot here, Lawton. Uh, Elon said that they'd go from L.A. to Times Square, but what if they, in fact, end up going the other way and go from New York back home straight into the factory in the middle of the Model 3 Part 3 reveal event? If it could be timed out, that would be crazy. That would be awesome. And I love your idea that they'd get sent right back out after that, after sort of doing it in secret, so that uh, everyone could then think there could be a public version that everybody could keep track of. I mean, that would create a social media frenzy, number one, and a ton of buzz and chatter around the car as, uh, as it makes its way back across the country. So let's see if Elon and Tesla are thinking 
right along with you. Next up, Jay from Australia has some comments. Uh, this is a bit of a long call. It's about Powerwall 2, but it's it's uh, Jay clearly knows what he's talking about, and I mean that in the most complimentary of ways. Uh, he it just explains a lot about what makes Powerwall 2 cool. So I wanted to play this because it really, he, he phrases it in a way that, that really uh, made it kind of click a lot better for me. So Jay, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. It's Jay from Canberra, Australia. Just thought I'd comment on the power wall and one uh, critical part which seemed to be uh, overlooked by many, and that's the, the role that the inverter is now included inside of the power wall. Um, the, the key to takeaway here is that that's the, the real heart and the brains of the system. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to connect the energy that's created from your normal photovoltaic cells and it's going to distribute them to wherever it needs to go. What this means, the, the, the big thing, because now Tesla owns the entire uh, path of the energy, they can distribute that to where it's need, needed most. So what this can mean is that if you've um, got some uh, normal base load consumption in your house, you know, things are just daily ticking along, that what the inverter can do then is flip over any excess energy you've got and trickle charge your your car, your obviously your Tesla. So that's a very different um, piece that was just simply not achievable before because this, the inverter was always a third-party manufacturer. So this means for a lot of people that during those few hours in the morning that they're still at home and the few hours in the afternoon and especially on the weekends is that you can get away with not actually plugging in and charging your car off the grid at all. Uh, for a lot of people, they might be able to get away with the car in a sense, just topping up over the week with any few hours that it has extra, noting that it's not going to be a lot of energy that's the surplus, that's the excess coming out, but it's much, a much better use of that energy is to put it in your vehicle rather than put it back to the grid and then re-import it to recharge the vehicle from the grid. So it's a much better connection because it's a straight-up DC connection from the PV uh, to the either the power wall or directly to the vehicle, um, and it's it's a much better arrangement. No one else has been able to achieve this, and this is something very different, and no one is really thinking about in this space yet. But it means a huge, uh, huge advancement in the way to think about charging your car, where it could become almost a, a thoughtless activity of getting home, plugging it in, and the car will kind of self-regulate. It might know how many kilometres or miles you're going to drive tomorrow. Uh, and therefore, based on what it thinks that the solar output is going to be tomorrow, because it's connected to the internet, and I'll know what the local weather is, it can pre-charge your car based off the PV or perhaps the battery. The battery is not, like, power is not a great tool to be using to charge a battery. The, even um, uh, Tesla CTO uh, JB Strobel said uh, batteries, charging batteries is not generally a good idea because it uh, just introduces extra loss. Um, but overall, this is a very interesting, very interesting piece. If Tesla can pull off the ability for anyone's PV, not necessarily the, the solar tiles, but anyone's PV on their roof to go through their inverter and just dynamically charge with the excess to the vehicle, that is a massive game changer. It's absolutely humongous because I think everyone can kind of get the thought of waking up on Sunday morning 
and knowing that your car's being recharged. So you're not doing anything. It's not costing you anything to recharge your car, that the sun is literally going directly into into your car. You're not pushing it into the grid and then re-importing it into the grid later, uh, from the grid later on to recharge your car. Very different concepts, but completely achievable now that Tesla owns the inverter in the middle. Um, really great achievement and uh, great podcast as always. Have a good day. Thank you so much for that call, Jay. Again, a bit long. Normally, I don't like the phone calls that long because I don't want people to zone out. But just tons of great info in there. Uh, and, and again, you, you actually explained why the new Powerwall is great to me in a way that just, as I said, hadn't clicked for me before. Now, I mean, I confess. I confess that I care more about the car side of Tesla. I've, just, I've always been a car guy. I love cars. Uh, and I love what Tesla's doing on the car side. But... I certainly respect the fact that Tesla is an energy company and not just a car company anymore. So Powerwall is very important. And I, I, hopefully I can speak for the entire audience and say that I think we all learned something from your call, Jay. So thank you so much. Great call there. I want to go next. A couple more calls. Uh, Sonny Coates calls in with an idea regarding supercharging infrastructure. So let's hear from him about that. Hey, Ryan, this is Sonny Coates calling, a long-time listener to your show. Um, <clears throat> and I just wanted to run an idea uh, by you and all the listeners about um, Tesla in the face of the supercharger infrastructure build-out and the Model 3. A lot of people are afraid that there won't be enough supercharging to go around. Uh, a lot of people who are going to buy the Model 3 are renters or, or people who can't otherwise charge their cars at home. And excuse the wind, I'm out hiking. Uh, but I was wondering what you thought about the idea. I'm sure Tesla's already uh, talked about this. Uh, supercharger gas stations or electric uh, EV gas stations in the future. It, it has to be something that's crossed their minds. Um, any of the listeners who uh, got a chance to watch the new season of Black Mirror. If you look at the first episode, there is uh, there are a lot of um, allusions to um, to the future um, and EV, and there are, there are actually EV charging stations. Um, and I just think Tesla that would be an insane idea, like gas stations or EV charging stations where you charge with credits, you pay regularly. And, you know, you have these huge sensors that are the size of like a target, you know, as far as landmass goes, you know, where you got 20, 30 um, supercharging stations, people just come and charge their cars. I mean, you, I could even see them putting, uh, you know, uh, Starbucks on the premises or some automated uh, quinoa restaurant or a deli or something like that there. And, you know, you start first on the West Coast um, in Silicon Valley in Southern California. But I could see I could see them totally building those things out. I mean, I don't see how that's not the future. EV charging stations, gas stations, they could even be solar. Uh, you could even have an on-site from the Tesla solar uh, build-out. You can even have uh, a panel, you know, on the side of the station, you know, uh, on the periphery, uh, small uh, solar panel uh you know, masses where, where they're deriving energy from the sun and the battery packs and, and people are gassing up. 
So anyway, I, I just wanted to see what you and the listeners thought about that Tesla uh, EV charging gas stations, as it were. Uh, I think it's the future. It's a no-brainer, and, and I think it would solve the uh, the supercharger build-out problem that seems to be on the horizon, or that people think is on the horizon. So that's it, Sunny Coats. Thank you, and thanks for the show. I really enjoy it. Peace. Sonny, first of all, I love that you called in while out hiking. I, I could hear the wind. I was like, what, what, is, what is going on? Is he, is he driving a convertible? But uh, it also, I guess you probably do a lot of your thinking and idea generating while out hiking, which is cool because I'm like that when I walk the dog. I mean, that's where this whole podcast came from. I would, uh, I would go, you know, I walk, I walk Maggie. I take her on longer walks on weekends than during the week because I've got more time. And I would, you know, inevitably, of course, I would just, I think about Tesla so often, and I always have, you know, it's just always on my mind. I'm always thinking about, you know, just daydreaming and just thinking about what's been going on. And, and that's where it kind of clicked for me, like, oh, I should just do this out loud and turn it into a podcast. So I love that you called in while you were out hiking. Now, uh, you're basically talking about intra-city superchargers, whereas, of course, most superchargers now are intercity. They're in, they're on, uh, you know, on interstates, on in places between major cities, so that you can get to the next major city. And I do think that it could eventually scale up to be what you describe uh, once other automakers get get more on board with EVs, or just when Tesla is one of the big three all by themselves and they're selling millions of cars a year. The uh, speaking from from personal experience, the San Mateo supercharger here in the Bay Area is kind of a smaller scale version of exactly what you're talking about. It's in the parking lot of a of a shopping center that's anchored by a Whole Foods. You pull into the shopping center, and on the left there is the Whole Foods, and over on the right you go just a, a, a short I don't know 50 feet, and there is the row of superchargers. So. They're all right there. You can you can shop at Whole Foods. There are some other little restaurants and stuff in there too. So uh, I I think that what you're talking you know you're talking about a bigger scale version of effectively the San Mateo supercharger. You know it's the San Mateo ones, one of the few that are in town so far uh, in general. But you know we've talked before on this podcast about having hybrid gas slash EV charging stations where maybe a couple of gas pumps are taken out and replaced with uh, maybe sort of generic level two chargers. But I'm with you in that, I th- in that I think it's going to all completely change. I mean, you know, my kid's five, and I'm not sure by the time she's my age if, if you know, if things are probably going to be really different. And we may very well see exactly what you're talking about. It's probably going to be more of a gradual shift, but... Uh, I think we we may very well eventually get to that sort of giant solar-powered charging lot that you laid out. So I like your thinking, and thank you so much for calling in. The final call of this week goes to a fellow Ryan uh, who is also an Arizona guy. He's uh, currently in Arizona, up in Flagstaff. And I, of course, just visited, just visited my parents down there about a week or so ago. Ryan from Flagstaff... Uh, is curious about other companies following Tesla's lead in the dealer or lack thereof department. Ryan, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. It's Ryan from Flagstaff again. 
Um, first of all, I just want to say I hope Maggie's doing well. Sick dog is never an easy thing to to deal with, so I hope she's doing well. Um, but my question is, with Tesla sort of pioneering this idea of having a store where you go and you buy a car, you order a car, and essentially cutting out the insane costs that come with selling cars through dealerships. I think you said that, uh, Elon Musk once said that if he sold the Model S through dealership, it would go from being a $90,000 car to being a $135,000, $150,000 car, essentially making it ridiculous to even try to do what he's doing. Do you think that if Tesla sees wide success with Model 3 and the models that come after that other companies, say Honda, Toyota, maybe some of the uh, non-members of the big three will choose to do this route as well, cut out the dealership and have people order cars. Just a thought that buzzed through my brain earlier this week. I hope you're having a lovely week. Have a good one. Well, Ryan, I would think that on paper, other com- other car manufacturers would love to do it. Keep all the profits for themselves. Cut out, you know, cut out the, the middleman, the dealer. Because, uh, and, and in their case, by the way, since they're, they're, they've already got customers conditioned to be used to a dealer network that will charge them more if, they, if the dealer can get it, the car companies, the other car companies could just keep all of the prices the same. And say, hey, we've eliminated the haggling, and you'll get better service because it's it's just us directly working on your car. But I think the problem would be that the dealers would literally revolt, literally revolt. You would see Nada turn their attention from Tesla right back to the other car companies, and I feel like it would be a huge bloodbath, politically speaking. I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't be worth that fight, because after all, we've seen by now that... Consumers don't necessarily even want dealers because many people don't like the dealership experience. You know, Tesla has been ranking extremely high, if not right at the top, of the sort of customer service experience at their stores compared to other car dealers. But it would definitely be a battle. The the car companies can absolutely not just do this overnight. They can't just be like, well, sorry, dealers, we're done with you guys. Like, that's not going to sit well, but... Maybe the battle will be worth fighting for them at some point. And that'll wrap it up for the Ride the Lightning Hotline calls from this week. I want to thank everybody for just calling in with such great stuff. I mean, you guys continue to call in with very thought-provoking, intelligent, just well-spoken calls that I sincerely appreciate. I love the contribution that you collectively make to this podcast. So if you want to call in, Do so anytime, day or night, leave a message, or you can Skype it too. But call or Skype, the toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. And again, some people have asked, hey, could I just, you know, take my time and record something, uh, maybe on my phone or, you know, whatever, and just email it? Feel free. Send it as an attachment, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And I'll be right back to wrap things up for you right after this. All right, before I scoot out, I'd like to remind you that if you uh, enjoy the podcast, you appreciate it, it, uh, it, it gives you entertainment information, both, more, 
consider a Patreon pledge. I would sincerely appreciate it. You know, so much work goes into this podcast every week. Uh, there are ways you can pledge from a dollar on up. The Patreon page is patreon.com slash Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That's how Patreon is spelled. Uh, abstractocean.com. For those of you who have a Tesla or are getting one or maybe just want some cool Tesla sort of gear, accessories, abstractocean.com. They are offering a coupon code for listeners of this podcast. Uh, they've got, again, their sort of signature items are the silicone key fob pockets for the S and the X because those slick little plastic key fobs tend to tend to slither away. Uh, so the key fob pockets, the LED lighting kits for the inside of the cars, uh, and the bumper, bumper rather the license plate frame, the, uh, what else is, oh, the lanyards. So they've, they've got some neat stuff and you can get 20% off. So it's abstractocean.com. And for that 20% off, use the code RTLPODCAST at checkout. Dave T has a wonderful weekly Tesla newsletter that you can sign up for for free at teslaweekly.com. Each and every Friday, Dave will deliver you a new uh, email roundup of the week's most important Tesla news stories. teslarati.com does an excellent job of staying on top of day-to-day Tesla things. Uh, thank you, Gene, Electric Gen, all the crew over there for, uh, for helping get the word out about the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Email me teslapodcast at gmail.com. Our friend Michael from Milbray has offered up his referral code. So if you're buying a Tesla, get $1,000 off of it by using, just punch this into your browser, ts.la slash Michael2204. That's Michael spelled the traditional way, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. By the way, I want to thank Michael because he, you know, he's from very close by in Millbrae. He and I met up for lunch last weekend and had a great time just talking Tesla. We were joking about how uh, our wives sort of mutually, and we love them, but they were, <laughs> we were joking about how they probably thought we were insane for meeting with, you know, what is effectively a stranger on the internet, just meeting them for lunch in person, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Michael was great. He was super kind to let me drive his Model X. I absolutely did not ask. I was going to be content to just ride along and enjoy the conversation and enjoy just riding along in the X, but he offered. And I don't, I'm not sure you you Tesla owners are ex, you're either extremely kind and or extremely trusting because I've had a number of you all just hand me the key to your car. Some of you, without ever having met me in person, you don't know if I've got like some horrible driving record loaded with tickets and accidents. Uh, I fortunately I don't. I have a very very clean driving record. But um, I, I yeah, just in all seriousness, thank you, Michael from Milbray. I had a, a great time going out to lunch and taking a nice drive in your Model X and your uh, yeah, just beautiful car that you've got there, and uh, just a, a good guy to just a fun. Fun gentleman to hang out, talk Tesla with. We will do it again, Michael, I promise you. But yeah, get that $1,000 off if you're ordering. So uh, be sure to do that. That gets, that gets me a raffle ticket, courtesy of Michael's generosity, into the, you know, a shot, a chance in hell at the, at the uh, Model X that'll come up in the next referral drawing. 
And Michael gets himself some cool prizes, which he, in my opinion, deserves because he's a nice guy to offer up, you know, the opportunity for me to actually get a car. So, uh, again, but most importantly, get yourself $1,000 off. That plug went way too long. I apologize. Uh, most of you subscribe already to get the show just delivered straight to you iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or just the site, which is the, the sort of the hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. That's how the, you can get, that, get the, this podcast delivered straight to you. And I want to thank, of course, on the way out the door, the Patreon producers, the very, very kind folks who pledge $20 or more per month uh, in appreciation of my efforts on this thing. Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Ralph Weiss, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, and Scott Gillis. Thank you all so much. And happy electric motoring to all of you, and I will see you all again this time next week.